man, season five is here, here on the Podcock PCAST. That means absolutely nothing to anybody but probably me. But hey, Bobby Russell, uh, my partner in crime, is back. Um, what, this is your third season here on the show? Yeah, it's, it's time flies, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're starting a new season because it is talking season. It's uh, almost, you know, it's late July. We're getting into football season. Uh, the fresh cut grass, the pads popping. Um, it's it's about that time we're getting excited. So we're going to roll in to um, some conference previews here. Um, going to double it up, I think, tonight. Knock out the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Um, full disclosure, I mean, I feel like you and I have been cramming uh, a little bit on our on our Phil Still bullshit. Uh, love Phil's book, by the way, uh, the Bible. But um, I feel like these are the two conferences for me. I'll speak for myself personally that I kind of have the least amount of knowledge about. Um, definitely, I, Big Ten would probably be my strong seat, obviously, um, and then probably SEC. I paid second most attention to. But um, going to start with the, these two. Kind of makes sense. They were talking about uh, aligning, maybe joining forces to create a super conference as those talks. It just seemed like they've, uh, at least in the media's eyes, reports that those uh, talks have stopped. But uh, anyway, your thoughts on that, your thoughts on the, the Pac-12 as a whole, and then we'll get into some of this gambling stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll save, uh, you know, the big news for the Pac-12 for for the end or maybe for the Big Ten podcast when UCLA and USC depart eventually. Um, but, yeah, much like you, Pac-12 and the Big 12, um, I don't I, I I think there's opportunity here for for a merger. Um, I, I think it could mean, mean the end of the Big Twelve conference um, and seeing the Pac-12 become you know try to become a super conference as well. Um, you, you still got some good names in there left over. I mean, namely Oregon, Utah, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, and then if you combine that with Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU. And the new Big 12 guys come in, Cincinnati, UCF. You're basically clear across the whole country as it is. Um, so uh, that's kind of one thing I, the talks did break down, but it, it would make for a good entertainment because if, you know, the Big 10 and SEC start scooping up schools and then, you know, the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC can kind of do their own thing and make four super conferences, it kind of levels the playing field out, even though the big guys are all in the, the top two. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm standing on that, but I mean, hell, it's the doggies of summer. I'm excited as hell to talk Pac-12 football. Yeah, me too. Um, I, you know, looking at the Pac-12 and I mean, we'll get to the big 12, uh, later too. Uh, both of these conferences are kind of, I mean, they feel a little bit wide open, um, in a way. I mean, I know you got, you know, SC's bringing in Lincoln Riley and, and a few big-time transfers. Obviously, the gambling markets, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit here, dictate that they're, you know, they think year one's going to be very successful out there in, in, in Southern Cal. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I just feel like there's a lot of question marks uh, in the Pac-12. I feel like it's kind of a little bit wide open. Um, and it's weird, Lincoln Riley kind of, changes the dynamic a little bit i feel like in the big 12 and like i said we'll get to that later but i don't know where are you at do you think both these conferences we'll get to those predictions of course but do you feel like they're kind of wide open or uh in your studies uh grinding through the the magazine and and the internets do you think um you know 
is it not as uh, I think there's going to be parody, I guess. Is it not as parody uh, laden as I think it's going to be in 2022? Yeah, I, I think in the Pac-12, I think there's one clear front runner at this time before season starts. Camps haven't even opened yet. I think there's one clear cut front runner in there, and we'll get to that. Uh, but the Big 12, you mentioned it. Lincoln Riley, he leaves a void with Oklahoma there. Bringing Brent Venables, first time head coach of Oklahoma, great defensive coordinator. Uh, we've seen it before, you know, making that step up. It's, it's tough, but he, he might be one of those guys who can do it. Um, so that, that kind of opens the Big 12 up. And you know, the Big 12, Texas, are they back? Are they not? Are they going to be 8 and 4? Are they going to be 11 and 2 this year? Uh, that's yet to be seen if Sark can reach their full potential with Texas and the recruiting base that they got. Um, Oklahoma State finished the year off great last year, beating my Irish in the Fiesta Bowl in a great game. Um, and they bring back a lot. And, you know, you always have Kansas State and Iowa State right there in the middle who were surprised one or two big-time wins, upsets, and you can find their way into it. And then that's, that's, that's all without mentioning Baylor, who um, bowl game champion, Big 12 champion. Um, so it's, it's, it, I think the Big 12 is more wide open than the Pac-12 is, is what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that, and I think I'm more excited to see what happens in the Big Twelve. But uh, let's let's give the Pac-12 its just due. I mean, we kind of um, not unless it's a huge game out in the West Coast, we kind of ignore a little Midwest, East Coast, whatever you want to call it, bias. But uh, also, they haven't given us a ton really to talk about. Uh, well, this off season they did, but like you said, we'll we'll probably get more of that discussion going. Uh, when we preview the Big Ten, but I'm going to start in the South here, man. I'm going to work. I power rated uh, these lists just kind of off the top of my head, doing a little bit of research. Um, so I'm going to start in the South. We'll start with the Colorado Buffaloes. I, I think they're they're bringing up the rear of that division. Uh, Carl Durrell, third year, uh, seven offensive starters back. I think five. Yeah, five on defense. Uh, the 13th toughest schedule. In the country, so Vegas says they're over under total set at three and a half, and they're plus twenty five thousand. Uh, obviously, in the basement to to win the conference. Um, I mean, if you want to wax poetic uh, in a positive manner about Colorado, negative manner, um, do you like either one of those uh, sides of the total? Um, probably not betting them to win the conference, but the floor is yours. Your thoughts on Colorado coming into twenty twenty two? Yeah, I not I don't have high hopes for Colorado. Um, I, I think the under on the win total there is definitely in play. Um, out of conference, TCU, Air Force, Minnesota, uh, three tough games. You know, the, the Air Force Academy is going to run the triple options. That's always tough to prepare for. Uh, TCU, new regime down there. Um, we'll see what they're made of. And the Minnesota, they're tough. I mean, they got a, they got a good head coach. Uh, I think they got quite a bit coming back. We'll get to that when we get to the Big Ten later this year. Um, so yeah. I, I think you're looking at one and two, zero oh and three to start for Colorado, and then uh, playing in the North, they got to get they got to go to Utah, uh, or no, Utah's in the South. They got to go to Wash to Washington, home against Oregon, at Oregon State, and at Cal or home against Cal. So that that's a tough gauntlet in the North side of things. They got to play. Not to mention Utah, USC, UCLA, ASU. Um, so I, I, I'm looking at Colorado at a two, three win season. Yeah, I am too, man. I mean, um, I don't really <laughs> like Jerry Rice's son isn't there anymore. Uh, so star power wise, um, I, I mean, he was kind of a low key star on the, on the team last year, but they don't really have any guys, uh, that jump out name 
recognition wise individually. And like you said, I mean, could you ask for a worse draw? Um, having having the go to uh, go to UW and uh, SC uh, back. To, I mean, look at the last last four games in November: Oregon at USC, at Washington, and Utah to close out your year. I mean that, and maybe maybe I'm there, maybe you're there. You could argue very easily that going into the years, the top four teams in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and and that's that's closing your season out. So I, I don't think the Buffs are bowling. Um, shout out Ralphie, electric entrance, great uniform, uh, great colors. But uh, sorry, Colorado, uh, going to be another uh, sad year up there in Boulder. Moving on, I have um, I have Arizona next. Now, this team. They didn't quit last year. This is Jed Fish's second season. Um, very familiar with Jed Fish. He was my uh, Wolverines former offense coordinator. First uh, two, three seasons of the Harbaugh era there. I like Jed Fish, but you look, um, bringing a lot back, but they were 1-11 one one last year. Seven offensive starters, eight returning defensively. Again, 34th toughest schedule uh, preseason in the country, according to Phil Steele. So um, that's a top quarter uh, schedule strength. Uh, in the country, so that's not easy. But Jaden Delore, the Washington State transfer, um, he he's the quarterback here. Um, I mean, likely going to be the quarterback. But I like Jed Fish. They were kind of a gambling darling late in the season last year. Uh, getting to what Vegas thinks, uh, nice even number of uh, three. Um, some markets have it at two and a half, but um, that's their over under win total. And again, they're plus 25,000 to win the conference, not touching out with the 10 foot pole, but I mean, I just can't get there at the schedule. I mean, look, you look at their, their first three games at, at San Diego state going to be, you know, one of the top three or four favorites in a, in a tough mountain West Mississippi state. That might be a fun game to watch, but I mean, an sec team, um, you know, they do go out to Tucson for that one. Uh, and then you get North Dakota State as like your quote unquote buy game, uh, the best FCS program going. Uh, you know what? They've won seven out of the last eight national championships in that subdivision. Uh, road games at Cal, at Washington, at Utah, and at UCLA. Those aren't easy as well. Um, so I, I think they'll be fun. They'll be improved. They'll be better. I don't know if the win total is going to reflect that. Your thoughts on on the Wildcats? I, you know, I might take a flyer on the over, uh, if you can get okay. it at three, three and a half, um, you know, San Diego, I can State. get you two. I can get you two and a half on at DraftKings book yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, Colorado, San Diego state, you know, versus ASU at the end of the year is always a toss up. And then, you know, if you can pull off one against Cal or Mississippi state or North Dakota state, one of those, um, hell, that's, you that, might be right. I think I think that's that might be a long shot there, but um, yeah, Arizona. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, you know, you know they're the basketball school in the Pac-12. Um, so this is kind of like if they're good in football, if they're above 500, it's a great year for them. Um, we talk about terrible stretches for Colorado. Um, Arizona has one too. Oregon, Washington, SC, Utah, UCLA, with a bye mm-hmm. week in between. That that's that's a gauntlet as well. You're going over five there, most likely. Um, so, I, if if they can get, a, you know, two wins, I and I'm sitting on that two and a half. I, I'm feeling pretty confident that they can get a third win and get that get that over for me on there. But yeah, I got them bottom of the barrel there with Colorado as well. I don't see them getting any higher. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to keep my eye on them. Like I said, I, I like Jed Fish. Uh, they were plucky against the spread late last year. Uh, they never quit on him, so that that's a good sign. And um, definitely a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like that could be – and we're going to get the Arizona State here next, by the way. I feel like those two schools in Arizona, like they're just kind of – like they're ripe to – because there is talent in Arizona. Uh, recruiting wise, I feel like both these programs are kind of ripe to, to to compete and kind of maybe not consistently, but you know, a couple years off while you you build up a roster and then you get a nice junior or sophomore class to to compete for a Pac-12 championship the next couple years. But um, here we are with the Sun Devils, not a lot returning. Three offensive starters, four defensively. Schedule not as uh, tough here. Fifty-six rated schedule preseason. Um, for Herm Edwards, uh, fifth year here uh, in in a, or at ASU here. Uh, Vegas six and a half. The one total. So Vegas is saying you know probably going to be a bowl team here, and they are plus four thousand uh, to win the Pac-12. So also a long shot, but not in the basement. Um, you have any thoughts on the Sun Devil? I think the quarterback battle here, two SEC transfers uh, could be. Uh, what to watch for here, but Sun Devil thoughts. Yeah, I I, I secretly love the Sun Devils just because the Herm Edwards is their coach. Um, you know, they, they got a great collar scheme, great uh, great uniforms, great place to play in the Fiesta Bowl out there, the original. Um, so I, I, I kind of always have like a soft spot for them, kind of pull for them when I'm watching them. Uh, week two, you know, possible future conference matchup against Oklahoma State. That should be a good game early in the season there. Um, and then, you know, a couple winnable games, Northern Arizona, Eastern Michigan. Um, and then, you know, they got some they got some easier uh, north opponents, you know, Washington State, Oregon State, Washington, and Stanford. Uh, I feel like those are four winnable games there for them, three and one at least. Um, so I definitely like them to be in a bowl game this year. I, I could see them flirting with – nine ten wins this year um oh. you know, i you know I, I feel like they could split with utah or usc one of those two um and kind of kind of get their nose up there in that first, second third spot in the in the conference yeah i don't i mean yeah i i'm not there with this team i you know they they're also still under investigation uh for hosting recruits in 2020 during covid during a lockdown um and I mean, I'm not saying Jaden Daniels was uh, the best quarterback in the country, but I feel like losing him, um, the writing's kind of on the wall for me. Um, I think Vegas kind of nailed this number at six and a half. I might, I might lead towards the under here. Um, I think you have to lay minus one twenty. So you know, all these are pretty, pretty uh, close to even money on which side you go here. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think obviously you mentioned that week two game. Going to Oklahoma State, that's going to be tough. Uh, SC, Stanford, uh, Washington State is never easy, and that's in November the 12th. Um, that could be a, a terrible weather game. Um, tough road schedule for them. Um, and, I mean, they couldn't get Cal in a crossover. They they literally have to uh, – uh, I mean, they do elude Oregon, so that's kind of a plus. But I don't know. I, I think they're around that 5-6 win uh, Mark, so I, I would lean towards uh, an under here. All right, next up, we have uh, 
UCLA in my in my power ratings here in the uh, Pac-12 South. Chip Kelly, fifth year here as well. Uh, the Bruins bring back six offensive starters, retooling the defense. Only two starters back. Uh, they weren't great defensively anyway last year, but DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson is back uh, for a 11th billionth year. Um, Zach Charbonnet, a former Michigan Wolverine, uh, loved the kid. He just wanted to go closer to home, and and I guess I can't really blame him, but really nice running back, uh, one of the better ones in, in the Pac-12. 75th strength of schedule rating here. Um, schedule, it's it's obviously 75th going into the season. It's not bad. Um, and uh, UCLA, a nice, um, what, eight, eight and a half? I'm seeing eight and a half as they're over under win total. Uh, they're plus 1,000 to uh, to win the Pac-12. I think they're going to be in the hunt. I don't see them clearing the uh, USC or Utah bar here uh, in the division, but I, they were eight and four last year. That sounds about where I have them this year. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of offensive talent back. Chip Kelly, um, maybe not the offensive mastermind he was back when he was revolutionizing the college football uh, landscape and his tenure at Oregon, but. Uh, they're still going to move the ball and put points on people and, and be a fun watch. So uh, that's where I'm at with the Bruins. How say you? Yeah, you said that schedule 75th in the nation right there. You're looking. You're probably looking at four and one, five and zero oh going into October, starting off your your run there. Some tough games with Utah and Oregon in October. Um, they are going to put up points. Um, I, I think they're going to be a top 15, maybe top 10 team going into October there with that schedule at least. Um, but can they can they sustain it and can can they prove that they you know that they're in the top tier of, of the the South Pac Pac 12 South? Um, I, I think DTR has an outside shot of being a Heisman candidate this year um, after a couple of years in this offense with Chip Kelly. So I, I think they're 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 going to be right there. Um, you know, like I said, they don't have the firepower of a USC or the the strength and the dominance of a Utah, but you know, they last year totally different USC team, but sixty two to thirty three, they they can get their legs out and run. Um, so you know, if, if they can avoid getting the injury bug um, and avoid you know self inflicted wounds, I, I feel like they're 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 an outside chance to win in the South. Yeah, I I, I think you know maybe you put a you know. 25 50 bucks on that plus 1000 um or or more whatever your your uh kind of half unit or or whatever is um just an outside chance like he's like you said i mean we're kind of lockstep with sounds like we're both like dtr and um i always like an experienced quarterback uh so he's played a lot of ball seen a lot of things so yeah the bruins uh they could be um you know, a kind of a team lurking in in the weeds there, uh, in the in the Pac-12 South. Um, I got USC next in the power ranking, second in the South. Um, over under win total nine and a half. Uh, their odds to win the conference uh, plus two hundred. Um, they are the betting favorite. Um, that's not really surprising. I feel like that's kind of a, a market play. Um, uh, but Lincoln Riley comes over, uh, very successful, obviously at Oklahoma, not only as the head coach, but as an offense play caller. And, man, did they just load up on on transfers. Um, Caleb Williams comes from Oklahoma. Um, it showed flashes of brilliance at the quarterback. They get the Oregon transfer, Travis Dye. Uh, at running back, Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff Award winner from Pitt, comes over, probably got a huge bag, but uh, 
anyway, eight offensive starters back um, on this roster. I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me. This this team offensively, I think it's going to go right away. Like, I don't think there's going to be any uh, learning curves or bumps in the road. I, I believe in Lincoln Riley that much. Um, I guess will they be better defensively is, is the question. I'll throw it to you, your USC thoughts here. Um, you know, obviously you're a Notre Dame guy in case people don't know. Uh, so you probably keep a, a distant eye on, on the Trojans, uh, with that annual rivalry game late in the year. Um, familiar with what they was last year. So take it away on the, on the Trojans here. Yeah. I really hated to see Todd Helton go. Um, I think he was <laughs> probably the best coach USC's had in a long time. Wait a minute. You, you just disrespected him so much by calling him the former Rockies first baseman slash Tennessee. Oh. Quarterback yeah. Todd Helton. It's yeah. Clay. It's Clay. Clay. I, yeah, you know, fuck, fuck him anyway. Yeah, can't even respect <laughs> him enough to get the name right. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's a real shame. Um, no, I think, like you said, they, they they loaded up on the transfer portal. It seemed like every day someone else was going there. Um, it, it's it's going to be Oklahoma West, basically. They're going to have a great offense. They're going to score 45, 50 a game. But they're also going to give up. 35, 40, 50 a game. Um, defensively, they don't bring back a whole lot. It doesn't look like um, quite a new bunch of faces in there. Obviously, they'll probably have a new defensive coordinator under Lincoln Riley as well. Um, so if they can outscore, that'll be great. Um, you know, I, I think they're definitely – they got an easy schedule to start off the year. Um, I mean, going into the matchup on October 15th against Utah, they're going to be, what, 6-0? and Um I, I, I think, you know, they're going to go into Utah and get pushed around. I, I will say that'll be their first loss um, out of two in the year. So I got them at 10 wins. I got them at the over on there. Um, but I, I, they won't win the, the Pac-12 South. Uh, but they may be your Rose Bowl champion this year. Okay. Uh, by the way, 49th strength of schedule. So um, almost kind of in that, in that middle ground. I have them... I almost pulled the trigger on them to win the conference, but uh, I mean, we'll get to Utah here in a second, obviously, but I, I just favor Utah's uh, special teams and, and their physicality along the line of scrimmage uh, in that matchup. Uh, plus they have to go to Utah, uh, like you said, October 15th, but I, all these road games to me look a little tricky and closing the year out with the Irish. I, that's, you know, I, I would think going into the season as it stands right now, Notre Dame, uh, even on the road, uh, would be favored. Uh, a small favorite probably, but a favor nonetheless. But at Stanford, week two, that's kind of the annual game between those two. The last handful of years has always been early in the year. I don't know. Maybe Stanford's better this year. At Oregon State's been a house of horrors for USC. I remember the Jaquiz Roger. I know that happened a million years ago, but. Um, never an easy game for USC plus Oregon state beat them last year. Um, so I, I think they might have some confidence going on to that one. Um, and then at UCLA, the rivalry game again, I get it. USC is different this year. Um, we presume anyway, but, uh, UCLA kind of put the hurting on them last year. Again, another confidence thing going on the road. Um, but I do like, they do miss Oregon, uh, and they do miss Washington out of the North. So I think the two best teams on paper coming into the year out of the North, uh, they don't have to see them in the regular season. So that might help them, but yeah, I got them nine and three, man. I, I just can't pull the trigger on the over. I'm a, I'm a little scared of it again. I think Vegas kind of 
they know what they're doing, obviously. So they they nailed the number. So it's no surprise, obviously. I have Utah winning the South. Um, their win total eight and a half. Um, some markets have it at nine. So somewhere in that range, uh, they're plus two fifty to win the conference. Fifty five ranked, toughest schedule. Eight offensive starters back. Six defensively. Um, I assume you have them. Well, I mean, you have SC winning 10 games, but you got the Utes coming out of the South and, and your thoughts on this uh, club coming into this year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really high on Utah this year. They got a lot coming back. They're a super physical team, and they got probably one of the best schedules. Um, that If they, they win or lose one of these ones, they're going to be right up there at the top top six contention in the year starting off uh, at Florida. I, I feel like they're going to go into Florida and just kind of put the whooping on them. Um, you know, Florida's kind of in a, you know, transition down there as well. Um, so they're not going to be the Florida of old. So I think Utah goes in there and gets that big one. They're going to beat USC at home. I, that's lock of the year kind of game for me right there, just because <laughs> the ramifications. Um, and then their last test is at Oregon in November. Um, you know, it's going to be, rainy it's going to be cold it's probably going to be a night game on saturday night on abc um and utah's just going to go in there and out physical them and like they have the last couple of years and uh kind of run away with that i think their their biggest chance for a loss is against usc but like i said that that one's i think utah's got that one on lock um and then i i cameron rising uh junior quarterback i bet he gets top three possibly even a first place Heisman vote this year. I think he's going to be that good this year. Yeah, he was uh, just incredible. He's a dual threat guy. Uh, 6'2", 220, uh, 220 pounds, I should say. So kind of a big kid at the quarterback spot, but a dual threat. Um, you know, Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba in that Rose Bowl kind of outshine Ryzen. He got hurt in that game, if you recall, but, uh, you know, the, the for three and a half quarters – Ryzen was, um, you know, the best or second best player on the field. Um, he lit up Oregon uh, twice last year. Um, and and this team, like I said earlier, like along the line of scrimmages, both offensively and defensively, Kyle Whittingham, who's been there in a million years, great coach. They're, they're fundamentally sound. They're physical as hell. Um, you know, they kind of took the mantle of, you know, Stanford, Stanford was kind of the bully out there when they were running the conference and Utah's kind of uh, took up that side of the rope uh, in the, on the West coast. They just bully you, uh, like you said as well. And um, it seems like just special teams wise, they're always good in the return game. Always have a really good place kicker. Um, really great punter. Uh, it seems like every year. So yeah, they're solid. Um that's uh, I'll give that away right now. That's one of my three best bets is, is over eight and a half for Utah. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's just kind of um, it just kind of is what it is. I, I really like this team, um, even though they lost the Rose Bowl last year, like the way they finished the year. Um, and I like that they're not the clear cut favorite. I would have faded them a little bit. I mean, they're still obviously. You know, plus two fifty, the second favorite in the entire conference to to win the Pac twelve, but them not being the clear cut favorite, maybe that's a little bit of extra motivation. I like it from uh, a gambling aspect. You know, it's not the chalk chalk pick either. So uh, yeah, the Utes um, they're going to be nasty. Um, I'm excited for that opener at Florida though. 
kind of see what Billy Napier and that, that Gators team in year one, uh, really tough test. Uh, and then Florida or uh, Utah going in the SEC country for a true road game is kind of a, I don't know, that, that doesn't happen really a lot. So uh, interesting week one matchup, but you nailed the schedule, uh, played it perfect. So yeah, this is a double digit win team. And, and I think they go to uh, Vegas for the, another Pac-12 championship game. All right, let's go to the north here. Um, man, I hate to do this, but uh, I got Wazoo coming in the rear uh, in the south. Five and a half is their over-under win total, plus 3,300 to win the conference here. Um, Jake Dickert, second-year head coach, basically like a, a, a season and a half, if you remember. Nick Rolovich, uh, the vaccine status, uh, they, they kind of let him go. Uh, interesting, though. Do you know who Cameron Ward is? Uh, the name's not familiar. I can't place it. Well, he, I believe, will be their starter. Um, was second-team All-American in FCS play. Uh, was the incarnate Ward quarterback that that kind of threw for a, an ass ton of yards, put up huge numbers, and he was kind of the darling or one of the darlings of uh, the transfer portal season. And for whatever reason, Wazoo got him out there uh, uh, to, to be their signal caller. So they're probably going to be fun offensively. Um, but, I mean, six starters on defense, four on offense, rebuilding. Uh, schedule, 52 in the country. Uh, listen to these road games. Uh, at Wisconsin, week two, out of conference, of course. They go to USC. They go to Oregon State. And uh, at Stanford, and then they get Arizona, which is, I mean, it kind of lightens up the more you go down. But, I mean, at best, they're going to go two and three on the road, but probably one and four on the road. Um, they'll beat Idaho and Colorado State. Three wins there. Probably beat Cal. Four wins. So, yeah, they're – what? what's their total here? Five and a half? If you could find another one, they're bowling and they're they're over, but I wouldn't touch it. What what do you say about the Cougs? Um, any action on them? Any thoughts? Yeah, I I couldn't tell you a thing about Washington State. I I could I could read you every <laughs> word off of this page, and nothing would make sense. Uh, I don't think they'll be very good. Uh, I think the under is definitely the play there on um, win totals. Um, Wisconsin the week two that that's just a tough. That's not even fair. I mean, they're going to throw for 600 yards playing catch-up in that game, but it's going to be brutal. Um, yeah, I, sixth in the north. Um, no playoffs. Not played no or not played, no bowl game this year. Um, but you know, I think you know they got a good young team. It looks like looks like one senior on offense, two seniors on offense. So if those guys all stay, and you know, most likely they're going to unless they're you know a top 10 draft pick, which I don't think there are any on Washington State. Um, that, that's, that's a good solid foundation for this coach to build off of and kind of come back next year stronger. Next up, the Cal Golden Bears, California, Justin Wilcox, year six. I mean, this has got to be a make it or break it year for him. Uh, five defensive starters back, three on offense, 57th ranked schedule in the country. Vegas has uh, five and a half as their win total and a plus 5,000 to win the Pac-12. Um, again, this is kind of a kitchen sink year, but I, I kind of have to lean towards the under. It's not a lock, and obviously I wouldn't touch their their conference odds. So uh, the the dirty Golden Bears. Uh, your thoughts on them in twenty twenty two? 
Uh, I got a good transfer quarterback coming in, Jack Plummer from Purdue. Um, had a good yeah. couple years, a couple games there at Purdue. Uh, so I think he's going to kind of have them ready to go. Um, California, they're always one of those weird teams. You know, there's years where you, you think back to the Rodgers and Deshaun Jackson, you know, top 10 teams. I think I was looking at like 2007's top 10 in the middle of the year. And Cal was like number seven that year. And I was like, I just don't remember that. Um, but apparently they were. Um, so they can be good. They can be real bad. Um, and I think they're going to be kind of trended more towards the real bad this year. Um, you know, they got two tough non-conference games. UNLV, I think that's a neutral site game. Um, or no, it is at UNLV. And then they go to Notre Dame. Um, so that that's going to be two tough conf- non-conference games for them there. Um, and then, you know, look at the rest of their schedule. They have USC, UCLA, uh, go their home against Washington. So they got some real tough games there. Um, I, I think four or five wins is kind of their, their range here, if that. Yeah, 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 totally agree. Uh, moving on to, I got Stanford coming in at fourth, uh, three and nine, David Shaw, 12 years uh, at Stanford. 10 offense starters back, seven defensively, but they have the seventh toughest schedule on paper coming into 2022. Uh, I do like Tanner McKee, the sophomore quarterback, um, and and they got all five starters back along the offensive line. Um, secondary and the linebacking core, uh, I think they're going to have to plug in one starter in that back seven. So, um, again, I don't know if it's a make it or break it year like it is for Justin Wilcox for David Shaw, but I mean, it kind of feels like that. Um, Vegas, four and a half over under win total for Stanford, plus 6,000 to win the conference. I'm staying away from the conference, but there you go with my second lock uh, or best bet of the conference. I'm taking the over. I believe in in David Shaw. I think Tanner McKee, uh, one of the top uh, echelon or, or top upper half quarterbacks in the conference. I know the schedule's tough, but I mean, I think they eke out bowl eligibility at least. I think Shaw gets them back on track a little bit. Um, maybe the COVID year where, you know, that area, California, uh, especially that region uh, was very strict. So you kind of throw out 2020 away, obviously. And I think it kind of hurt them last year. Uh, and they were three and nine, but I, I see a little bounce back resurgence. I don't think they're going to, compete for the north but that's where i'm at uh where are you at on the cardinal uh, i'm right there with you i i do not think i think david shaw has the least hot seat in this conference as a coach uh i, I feel like he can do no wrong there and you know even though they're down years he still gets the full support of the of the school there so i feel like he's in a great position but do not envy their schedule uh usc at washington at oregon at notre dame at ucla at utah like in the home against BYU. So that's, yeah, B- BYU stuff. Yeah, that's, that, that is, I don't know how that's not the number. I mean, it's probably an SEC team that has number one, probably Vanderbilt because they have to play everybody. Uh, yeah. But that, that's, that's a brutal schedule. Um, four and a half wins, though. Uh, BYU, California, Washington State, Arizona State, Oregon State. Colgate to open the season. That, that's six wins right there. That's bowl eligibility. So I, I like your play there with the over and the win total, but I don't think they'll come close to sniffing the top of the north there. I think it's a two-horse race at this point. All right, moving on. We go to Corvallis, Oregon. The Beeves, Oregon State. Jonathan Smith, fifth year, 
It's done a hell of a job. They were seven and six last year. Nine returning starters defensively, six on the offense. So uh, they bring they bring back uh, over half their starters. Forty six uh, strength of schedule uh, for the Beavs. Their win total six and a half plus thirty three hundred to win the Pac twelve. Um, your thoughts on Oregon State? Uh, I love the Beavers. Um, it's you know great color scheme. Yeah, uh, they always have you know one or two really good players. Think back to the years they had Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada, the Rogers twins. There, there's always there's always a storyline. It's always something great. I think oh, Brandon Cooks. They had Brandon Cooks too. I think um, who Stephen Stephen Jackson, the right running back. He went the yeah. You're yes. right. They they always have someone. They always have a good you know draft pick coming through there. Um, they got a tough schedule too. Um, Pac-12 wise, Boise State, Fresno State, two tough non-conference games there. Um, two teams who you know recruit against and compete with the Pac-12 teams, and every time they beat them, it's kind of a kind of another like infinity stone in their their uh, their their glove there. Um, but they got a tough one: USC, Utah, back-to-back weeks, uh, and then finishing up with the. Uh, can we call it the Civil War? I'm going to call it the Civil War. Yeah, um, I'm fine with that. I'm going to call it the Civil War at the end of the year against Oregon. Uh, great game Friday night after Thanksgiving. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be dark. It's going to be big play after big play. It's going to be like 60 to 30. Um, I, I, I like them at three in the north. Uh, I think they can beat Washington, um, but I don't think they'll come close to Oregon. Yeah, I hate this because I I I love the the over six and a half number, just at first glance, and then you start looking at the schedule. You mentioned the first two. Montana State was the runner up in FCS, so that's not a that's not a gimme in week three, and and that's your bye game pretty much. Um, I mean, I think going to Stanford could be kind of that toss up game that gets them the the over or the under. Um, I think they could win at, at Washington, maybe like you, uh, but wins to me. Like, I, I I definitely think they they take out Washington State, Colorado, Cal. Um, they might be better in Arizona State, so I'm blocking up the under. And and mm-hmm. they could still go to a bowl game. I like Jonathan Smith, uh, Chance Nolan, a quarterback. Again, a lot of people probably don't know that name, but um, if you flip on the Beavs, he's He's fun as hell to watch. Uh, they have a real intricate, um, elaborate running attack, a fun offense to watch. Uh, they got the turnover chainsaw, for Christ's sake, on defense. That's cool as hell. But um, I don't know. I just – I look at that schedule, and it's it's a, it's a lot tougher than, than uh, you know, when you look at their over-under total. But, uh, yeah, I think, they'll, I think they'll be a bowl team. I think they'll beat a team or two that they probably shouldn't. Uh, but, uh, I mean, getting out the gates, they might get out slow in the Pac-12 uh, is tough. Um, all right, so we move to uh, the final two teams. I got the Huskies, Washington. Uh, they bring in first-year head coach, Kalen DeBoer. Uh, they were 4-8 and eight last year. They had high expectations, and then um, they lose the opener to Montana at home. Michigan blows them out uh, the next week uh, in a primetime ABC game, and then I'd quit paying attention to them after – after that, it just kind of seemed like the, the season was over before it started. But eight starters back on offense, uh, five defensively, 72 rated schedule in the country. 
quarterback options, Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana transfer, uh, could be the starter. They started, uh, played Dylan uh, Morris last year. He wasn't great. Uh, and also uh, Sam Heward, a Washington legacy. I think he was like the second or third rated quarterback in his recruiting class. Um, it, all viable options there, maybe, uh, at least their names on paper. Uh, DeBoer's an offensive guy, obviously, so I think they're they're looking for a little pizzazz there uh, for the Huskies. Let's look at their total, 7.5, uh, the win total, plus 1,100 to win the conference. Um, I wouldn't even put any funny money on uh, them to win the conference this year, but I think DeBoer kind of gets them turned around a little bit. Maybe if they give Pennix Jr. the ball and he stays healthy, uh, they'll move the ball on people. Uh, like I said, schedule. I mean, it, it's kind of favorable in a way. Like I said, 72nd rated schedule. Um, at, or hosting Kent State in the opener. Kent State can score, so it's not necessarily a, a gimme. Uh, they do have Michigan State coming out there in week three. Road games at UCLA, at Arizona State, at Cal, at Oregon, at Washington State. Um, you avoid SC and Utah. And crossover game, so that's nice. But um, the Huskies, I don't know. I think that I'm staying away from that win total too. But I'll, I'll give you the floor. I rambled on too much, too much for the Huskies here. But what's your thoughts on them? Yeah, I, I love Penix as the quarterback there. I think a, fret, a change of scenery will be do, do good for him. Um, and you know, I think they're going to be one of the most improved teams in the country this year. Uh, week three stands out to me against Michigan State. I feel like if they get that one there, the the over and the win total is a definite hit for me. Um, okay. I, I, could, I could see them losing at UCLA and and uh, at Cal even. Um, Cal could catch them on the right day. Um, just kind of looking at what their schedule is around that because, you know, you have Arizona State, Arizona, Cal, Oregon State kind of looking ahead to that Oregon game, the Oregon State game even. Um, so I could see them slipping up right there. Um, but I'm right there with you. I don't think they were in the North. I think they, they, they lose to Oregon, kind of lose that tiebreaker. Um, and I think I'm higher on the overwind total than you are. So I think, I think I would probably, you know, throw a little coin on that one. All right. Finally, obviously the Oregon Ducks, uh, I have them rated as the top team in the North eight and a half is their win total plus two eighty to win the Pac-12 33 uh, our 33rd toughest schedule in the country coming into the year. Dan Lanning, the former Georgia defense coordinator, first-year head coach, comes to uh, Eugene after Mario Cristobal left for Miami. Uh, eight returning offensive starters, seven defensively. I love Oregon this year. Um, I think Bo Nix a change of scenery. You mentioned it with Michael Penix. I think Bo Nix having a change of scenery uh, could be very good for him. You look at their offense line, all five starters back, seven starters defensively. Um, that linebacking core, DJ Johnson, a senior, Noah Sewell, the sophomore, and Justin Flo, the former number one player in his recruiting class, uh, anchor in the middle. That linebacking core, if they stay healthy, they're, they're going to be nasty. And I think Mario Cristobal built a hell of a program along the offensive and defensive lines uh, that the, he left Dan Lanning. Um, with the building blocks for success this year. So that's why I think they're, they're going to win the North this year, uh, better quarterback play than, and then uh, Anthony Brown last year, he's very consistent, looked like a million bucks uh, against Ohio state. Um, be interesting to kind of see to me, what kind of offense they run this year. Uh, they lose Joe Moorhead who went to Akron to take another head coaching position and Dan Lanning being a defensive guy. 
Um, maybe he's a little conservative uh, or has a conservative play caller. I was trying to look up who the OC is. I can't find it here. But anyway, uh, your Oregon Duck thoughts. Yeah, I definitely think that they're the Pac-12 North champion. Um, they're definitely a two-loss team this year. Um, you know, <laughs> Georgia, Georgia, that, the opener. Yeah, Georgia and that Chick Fil A game. That's that's always a tough one. Georgia always wins that game, um, and especially with Georgia returning so much, coming off the national championship, um, and then going against their former defensive coordinator. So they're going to have a, a a hand up on them, knowing what what he runs, the scheme. Uh, likely not to change too much. So that'll be kind of give um, Georgia the upper hand there. Um, but then they play um, home to Utah late in the year, last second to last week of the year, um, and that that's going to be your your Pac-12 championship preview, much like it was last year when they went to Utah and got roughed up, and then it happened a couple weeks later. Um, I, I feel like the same thing is kind of in play here, um, you know. But you know, I think Oregon, I think they do just enough to to win the North, but I think they're going to end up in a you know, third tier kind of bowl at the end of the year, two, three losses. Yeah. Just to be different. I'm going to take a flyer on the ducks to, to, to exact revenge finally and knock off Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. I, I think, you know, maybe Dan Lanning, I, I guess it's a, obviously it's an unknown, but um, I don't know. I think maybe he, he catches up the defense a little bit more than the Cristobal staff did. Uh, they they have weapons too, uh, offensively. Like I said, they're big. They're big across the front, especially the offensive line. Three oh five. Can you say it again? Oh man, my Alexa went off. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sidetracked here. Listen, this is a very semi-professional podcast, folks. But anyway, I got the Ducks. Sounds like you got the Utes. Uh, coming out of the Pac-12. Final question, then we'll get done with the Pac-12 and move to the Big 12. Playoff percentage, like for the for the we'll say the entire conference out of a hundred percent. Where where would you give the the, the Pac-12 folks a little bit of hope? Maybe not. Uh, what percentage would you say uh, they get a team into the playoff? Ooh, without giving too much away, I I would say they have. I, I, I put them in that 30 to 40% chance range. Okay. Just because the two teams that – I'll throw three teams in there. Utah, Oregon, USC in that order. You know, one of those three teams is going to win the Pac-12. All three have, you know, tough-ish schedules, but favorable to them in the long run. Um, you know, Utah, if they go undefeated and they win the Pac-12, they're in. Oregon, same thing. If they beat Georgia and Utah, that's – I mean, even if they end up with one loss in the year, I feel like that's a, a good stepping stone for them. And then USC, you know, they're going to have the offense. They're going to have the – they're going to be on TV every week. If they pulled off those upsets, they're right there as well. But I just don't think it falls into place. It's just kind of going to eat themselves alive from the inside. Only one's going to come out on top. Yeah, I, I think uh, if I was to ask myself that question, I again, I think it's going to take USC or Oregon to get it done. I still think people might be – I mean, maybe the committee is going to have to put Utah in that spot, uh, but I think it's going to take a, a name-brand program uh, to, to, to get those eyeballs on the conference to, and to even get our little podcast to talk more Pac-12 because, I mean, honestly, after – 
couple of those big non-conference games in the in the opening weeks uh, with some Pac-12 teams playing in it. Like, I mean, I don't know. We might have five games we talked about from October clear to the end of the season uh, where it involves Pac-12 teams because that's kind of what it's been the last few years. Um, barely mentioning that conference and, and those teams. So I think it's going to take a name brand uh, to get there. Um, and, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. So I, I, I guess, you know, this might sound stupid or cliche or no duh, but I would put it like 20, 25% and there's five power five teams. So I guess it's kind of, or conferences, I should say for four spots. So it's, it's I see it just kind of easy math there. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's move on to the big 12. Uh, I got the Jayhawks. Listen, you just won the basketball national championship. Good on you. Uh, Lance Leipold, um, second-year head coach. They did win two games last year, by the way, through the Jayhawks. Uh, two and a half is their over-under. Man, that is a tough number. I don't have any other thoughts. I'd probably lean towards the under, but I do like Lance Leipold. That's kind of all I got for Kansas. How's it you? Uh, yeah, I got them at one win. Um, they'll be 1-0, and oh, and then I think they lose. Tennessee Tech. <laughs> yeah. I mean – I think they could beat Duke. I think they could beat Duke. That's I have them for two. Yeah, so. I mean, if if they were playing on a hardwood, I, I would say so. But I just, <laughs> I just I just think Duke has a little too much um, pride to to lose to Kansas in football and basketball. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's not really much to say about Kansas. They're they're the bottom of the barrel. They're in this conference because of basketball, and they're going to end up in the Big Ten because of basketball, probably. Um, so that's that's kind of where I stand with Kansas. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Moving on. I have uh, Texas Tech next. Uh, the Red Raiders, first-year head coach Joey McGuire. A lot of buzz. Uh, they've recruited really well. But 16th-rated schedule, uh, six offensive starters and six defensive starters back for the Red Raiders. Five-and-a-half is their over-under win total. Uh, they're plus 2,000 to, to win the Big 12 here. A lot of momentum. Uh, they have the Oregon transfer, maybe at quarterback Tyler Shuck, Chow, however the hell you say it. Um, I don't know. I think this might be a program, especially when Oklahoma and Texas depart for the Big 12, that might kind of step up and I'm not saying run the Big 12, but might put themselves in a little better position. Um, but, I mean, they're going to be fun. I kind of like uh, the vibe it feels like that Joey McGuire's pumped into this program already. But um, I don't know. I, maybe they can get to a bowl game, but that schedule is tough uh, for sure. Like I said, 16th toughest in the country. So I'm staying away from uh, both the uh, over-under and the conference odds. But your thoughts on the Red Raiders? Yeah, you mentioned it right there. I think they just got to bide their time until you know Texas and Oklahoma leave. Then we'll see who else leaves. Because you, know, you, you, bring, you bring in Houston, Cincinnati, UCF. You're, you're going to have some, some good rivalry games down there, and then you're going to be able to recruit a little bit better, um, kind of figure out where you stand among things in the conference, and that, that's when they'll, they'll take off and shoot to the top tier of the Big 12. Um, but this year, I just, I just don't see it. I, uh, I, I think the under is in play on the, the win totals there. Um, Murray State, I think, is a win. Um, Kansas, TCU – uh, and the West Virginia game will be a shootout. So I, I think they're looking at four wins right there. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough call for them, close call. 
but yeah, love the uniforms. Um, keep that shit up. <laughs> All right, next I have I have West Virginia here eighth. Uh, five and a half is their over under win total plus two thousand to win the Big Twelve. Seven offensive starters back, four defensively. Twenty first uh, toughest schedule. Neil Brown year four. Again, this feels like a hot seat guy to me. Uh, JT Daniels, the Georgia uh, USC uh, transfer. Uh, he might, probably going to be your guy. Um, I do love that they're playing Pittsburgh week one, bringing, bringing back that backyard brawl. Uh, but I don't have a lot of – I mean, they kind of have to get it going again and be competitive this year. I, I think Neil mm-hmm. Brown could be on the outs. But I don't know. Do you have any positive vibes for, for West Virginia or where are you at with the uh, Mountaineers? I, I definitely think West Virginia is going to have a bounce back year. Um, okay. I, I, I have them, you know, middle of the conference kind of uh, just because, you know, they're going to lose to the Oklahomas and the Texas of the world. Um, but <clears throat> Pitt, Kansas, Towson, Virginia Tech, I think that's 4-0 to start off right there. I think that gets them in the right direction. Um, I, I think they win eight games this year. Okay. Um, so I got, I got, you know, Texas tech, TCU, Iowa state, Kansas state, that's your next four wins right there. Um, so eight and four kind of puts them in the Alamo bowl range. Um, JT Daniels, he's a good quarterback. I can say that now that he's not at USC or Georgia and he's now here (laughs) at West Virginia. Um, and I think it's another thing too, you know, where we grew up so close to West Virginia, we always watched, watched their football games. We always pulled to them. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a, a soft spot. I, I mean, uh, Mark Bolger, Amos Zeraway running the rock. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a soft spot. Uh, Pat White, Steve Slate, and obviously Noel Devine, those teams later in life. But, yeah, you're right. There's kind of a soft spot for uh, for me personally with the, the ears. I hope you're right. I, I just – I don't have any strong convictions. I'm kind of a wait-and-see approach with uh, Neil Brown. Uh, all right, next – I have uh, the TCU Horned Frog, Sonny Dykes. Um, I mean, he's been a head coach numerous times, but first year here at Fort Worth with the Horned Frogs of TCU. Ten starters back offensively, eight defensively, 42nd toughest schedule in the country. Uh, Vegas has them six and a half as their over-under win total. And uh, where are we at? Plus 4,000 to, to win the Big 12. Staying away from that, but I'll give you the floor here. Uh, TCU, your thoughts? Uh, what, what was that? Six and a half? Uh, yes, sir. Six and a half. I, I, I like TCU. I like Sonny Dykes a lot. I think he did a lot for SMU. Um, kind yep. of brought brought that program back from what it used to be, um, especially after you know the whole death penalty thing back in the late eighties and nineties. Um, and then obviously getting to play them in the end of September there. Um, the, the was it the the frying pan game? Um, Fine I can't scale it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, can't wait for that game. Good, I think that'll be great a great trophy. Um, six and a half. I mean, favorable schedule. Uh, Colorado, Tarleton State, SMU to start. There's three wins there. Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech. Um, there, there's three there. And then West Virginia, Baylor might be a, a toss up there. Um, and Iowa State to end the year at home. Uh, I, I definitely feel I definitely feel seven is in play there for them. Um, I, it would be a if I would have to see a lot week one, week two to, you know, try to throw something on that, but I, I'd stay away from it. And I, I think they're kind of right where they're supposed to be in the conference. Yeah. One schedule thing. And then 
uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of their players. You do get Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to come to Fort Worth because um, obviously it's a round robin in the Big 12 with 10 teams, uh, nine conference games. So you don't avoid anybody. But, you know, two of the top, maybe top two, maybe two of the top four. Uh, I don't think that's really arguable that both Oklahoma schools are in the top four of the conference heading into this year. Uh, TCU gets them at home. So like I said, or like you said, I should say, uh, schedule, uh, you know, there are some breaks there. Uh, but uh, big-time target, the sophomore, 6'4", 212-pounder, Quentin Johnson. Uh, just lit up Oklahoma. I mean, they got blew out. It was Caleb Williams' first start last year's Saturday night ES or uh, ABC game. But uh, Quentin Johnson was absolutely unguardable. Um, NFL caliber body, uh, first team all conference last year. Uh, I, th- I think he is better this year. And Sonny Dykes running that up tempo stuff. Uh, I know Gary Patterson and that staff, they tried that stuff, you know, the last five, six years of Patterson's tenure there, but Sonny Dykes is one of these air raid guys. So um, I think they got the athletes to do that um, as well, but I'm staying away from uh, the total again, not a real strong conviction. That's kind of why I got them down here uh, seventh in the conference, but uh, would have surprised me if they were knocking on the door of of a a top three or four finish and Sonny Dykes turned it around week or, or year one. Actually, that would not, but uh, I don't have the cones, as they say, to uh, to call that. Uh, all right, moving on. I got Iowa State next. Matt Campbell, seventh season uh, at Iowa State. Dude, they have to. They have to. <laughs> uh, they got to replenish a lot. Three starters back on defense only. Uh, five on offense. Thirty uh, fourth toughest schedule in the country. Uh, six and a half is their win total over under. Um, they're plus 1400 to win the big 12. I have a huge crush. Uh, well, I mean, that sounds weird. Uh, but a football head coach man crush on Matt Campbell. Uh, I just like the way he does things. Uh, they develop players. Um, but man, um, I don't know. I, I think they scraped their way to about sixth, seventh in the conference and find some bowl eligibility again. Uh, so that one total at six and a half really doesn't do a whole lot for me, uh, from a gambling aspect. What do, what do you think about the Cyclones? You have any strong thoughts here? Yeah, I think we talk about this every year. They're, they're always good for an upset or two against one of the top yeah. teams. And Matt Campbell has just proven that he can do so much with so little. Um, you know, he's had some good recruiting classes, um, but you're not getting the recruits that, you know, an Ohio State, a USC, a Notre Dame are getting. You're getting, you're getting the guys that you're meant to get. Um, so I, I think he has a lot there. And uh, just, just a shout out, uh, uh, Logan Chieftain on the coaching staff, Tyson Vite, coaches linebackers out there. Uh, great guy, uh, recruited me out of high school um, to Bluffton. Um, so I just wanted to shout him out real quick. But Iowa State, yeah. um, I know they got at least one loss on their schedule this year, September 17th at home against the Ohio Bobcats. Um, <laughs> you know, cats, yeah. cats are back. Um, so oh, they, got, okay. they got that going for them. Um, but, you know, I, I pegged them to get an upset win. I, you know, they go at Texas by home against Oklahoma on a Thursday night. Oh, um, wait, October 27th. Oh, that mm-hmm. could be the, that could be the spot, dude. That that that's that's kind of my circle right there. You know, mm-hmm. coming into you got Halloween that weekend. 
Um, the crowd will be crazy. It'll be a night game. Uh, the bush lights will be flowing out there. So I'm excited for that. I think that's that's kind of their upset win, their marquee win this year. Um, and, you know, I think if, they, if they're if they bowl eligible this year, I would not be surprised at all if this is Matt Campbell's last year and he finally gets the, the call to a big, bigger job with, you know, more resources and better better stuff all around him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even – I definitely think that that's a possibility. I don't even know if it'll take a bowl game. I think he's still going to be not unless they completely bottom out and mm-hmm. and everybody cools on him. I just think he's that hot of a commodity to uh yeah, take another step in the, in the coaching ladder there. All right, we move to the top half of the conference. Fifth, I have the Kansas State Wildcats. Um I'm stunned Bill Snyder is no longer the head football coach there, and I know it's Chris Kleiman's fourth season. But anyway, Wildcats seven offensive and seven defensive starters back. Forty eighth toughest schedule in the country. Um, Adrian Martinez, uh, Nebraska transfer, probably going to be your starting quarterback. Deuce Vaughn, a little scat back. Seems like K State always has a scat back. Shout out to Darren Sproles, but uh, one of the better backs, not only just in the Big Twelve but in college football. Um, you know, they're usually pretty solid, um, especially on, on defense too. I don't know. Uh, Vegas has them six and a half, uh, the win total and they are what plus 1800, a little bit of, of a, a longer shot, uh, to win the conference here, but I don't know. I just kind of like Adrian Martinez, maybe a change of scenery does him well, um, uh, getting out of that expectation, uh, high expectation pool of Nebraska, man. Um, like I said, schedule's not easy. Road trips to Oklahoma, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, and West Virginia. That's not easy. Uh, so I think Vegas, again, nailed the win total. I don't have any strong opinions on that, but I, I think they finish 5-6 and uh, make a bowl game. Um, so where, where are you at with the Wildcats of K-State? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Martinez is going to have a kind of resurgence down there. I think it's going to be great for him. I think he's going into an offense that fits him, too. Uh, you know, you think back to the quarterbacks that um, Kansas State has had recently. They're they're more of a run-first, power-run, you know, finesse-passing team. Um, yep. And, you know, Deuce Vaughn, he can do it all out of the backfield. Like you said, it. That's they, they just produce those guys out there in the little apple. Um, six and a half, I, I, I love the over. Um, okay. You start out South Dakota, Missouri, Tulane. There, I think that's three and zero there. Um, and then you keep saying it with every middle of the pack Big Twelve team here: Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech. So there's you know three there. So six and a half. I love it. I, I think they're I think they're an eight win team. Um, I think they split with Oklahoma and Texas this year. They go one and one in those games. So I think that that's that's your over right there for me. Um, you know, probably Alamo Bowl looking again here or something like that. Um, so I think it'll be a good year for uh, for uh, Kansas State if they're eight wins. Anything above that's a bonus. All right, I might be playing my hands here a little bit, but I have the Cowboys of Oklahoma State coming in fourth in in the power ratings here. Mike Gundy, 18th season at osu uh seven offensive stars back four defensively 54th rated schedule coming into the season uh spencer sanders junior quarterback is back played a ton of football there um bring back four offensive linemen starters 
you lose Jim Knowles to Ohio State, uh, a, a stud defensive coordinator. Uh, they were very good. Almost made the playoffs last year, almost won the conference. I'm just not a big Spencer Sanders guy. Like, I know he has flashes, but that's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, they do bring Derek Mason over uh, to, to coordinate the defense. Um, I don't know stylistically if they match what Knowles does. They were kind of a bend but don't break defense, but force a ton of turnovers under Knowles. Um, again, schedule's not too crazy hard. Uh, road trips at Baylor, at TCU, at both Kansas schools, but you do have to go to Oklahoma. Um in, in late November the 19th, second the last week of the regular season. But um, Vegas, eight and a half win total uh, and plus 650 to win the conference. Um, your thoughts on, on the Cowboys, where you at, uh, what the gambling lines there? Uh, take it away. Yeah, I, I, I think Spencer Sanders is the best quarterback in this conference. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, he, he made some incredible plays in the bowl game last year. Um, broke my heart, and I think he's he's out for it again this year. Um, I, I I have Oklahoma State higher on on, on my power rankings here. Um, I have them mm, two spots higher. Okay. I, I I just think offensively they're good. That they got Gundy there at the helm. He's just so consistent. I mean, even in the face of controversy, he he still finds a way to lead his football team and kind of block all that stuff out. Uh, defensively, like you said, Derek Mason, he was a great defensive coordinator. Um, some thought, yeah, he was. Some thought he might go to Notre Dame with, with Freeman. He ends up going to Oklahoma State here. I think that's a good move for him. Um, and I, 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 like you said, they got a favorable schedule at Oklahoma is really their biggest one. They get Texas at home, um, and then the rest of them are kind of here and there. Uh, Baylor would be another tough one, but I, I feel like they got a lot coming back offensively to lead them. And defensively, they'll they'll grow over the year. So I think that they'll be fine there. So I like Oklahoma State. I like the over on their win total. Moving on, I have the Baylor Bears three. Uh, I love Dave Miranda. It's his third year, 12-2 and two season last year, Sugar Bowl champs. Uh, looking at this year, 40th rated toughest schedule, uh, strength of schedule in the country heading into the year. Six offensive and six defensive starters back on both sides of the football. I'll throw it to you, or, well, eight, eight and a half. Yeah, that's actually seven and a half is their win total over under, and they are uh, plus 550 to, to win the Big 12. I'll throw it to you first. Your thoughts on Baylor? Um, I love Baylor. I think they're the best, yes. team. I think they're the best team in this conference. Um, so I'm hammering the over. I'm hammering them to win the conference at 550. I think that's an incredible value there. Um, you know, Albany, BYU, Texas State. I mean, come on. I mean, what, what kind of an all-conference schedule was that? I mean, I get it. Um, but defensively, they're a great football team. They were what um, a player – or no, they won the Big 12 title last year. Yeah. Yeah. And beat Ole Miss on the Sugar yeah. Bowl. Yeah. So they're, they're, they, got, uh, they got momentum. They got a great, um, solid, steady head coach, Naranda. Um, and I, I think, you know, they got a new quarterback coming in, but I think everything around him is put in place. Um, and defensively, they're going to keep him, keep him up. So I, I got the Baylor Bears winning the conference. So I am very high on Baylor. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little bit more, I'm high on Aranda and I think they're going to be just fine. I love the over seven and a half. That's one of my best bets. And I do agree with you. Like, 
I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite in this conference. We mentioned that way earlier in the show. So putting some money on plus 550 is a decent value for sure. So I would recommend doing both those things. But I think Gary Bohannon, losing Gary Bohannon, they they kind of told him to kick rocks. So maybe Aranda, well, he is smarter than me. That's a guarantee. But um, and I do like Blake Shape, and he he played in the bowl game. Uh, he played in the in the Big Twelve championship game because Bohannon was injured late in the year last year. But it just seemed like when they got stuck in the mud a little bit, they could rely on Gary Bohannon's legs, and he's not there anymore. Maybe, and and I'm not saying I'm not saying Blake Shape and statue. I I just haven't seen it enough to to believe him believe in him like I did Gary Bohannon. I thought he was kind of a perfect fit with what they were doing offensively. And they lost a few studs defensively. Um, I, I trust Aranda will fix that side. I mean, they were great last year. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think they don't take a huge step back there. But um, at BYU isn't easy. At Iowa State, we mentioned Iowa State, like, you know, especially at home. Uh, that's going to be tough uh, sledding. Um they go to West Virginia. That's a far trip, and and it seems like those two always play tough games. At Texas Tech, another weird place, and then they play at Oklahoma and at Texas. I just think the schedule, especially on the roads, just a little too tough for me. Um, maybe they make the Big Twelve title game. Hell, I got them third, so uh, they're going to be in contention. But I'm I'm not quite ready to power rate them uh, number one. But I mean, I do like you going out on a limb, a little bit of a limb. Um, and and taking them to to win the conference um, back to back years, so uh, that's uh, we're both high on Baylor, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, number two, you are you're gonna laugh at this. I got the Oklahoma Sooners checking in at number two in my power ranking. Right, <laughs> I do. Uh, we mentioned Venables, Brent Venables, first year head coach. He comes in, former Oklahoma defense coordinator in Clemson, DC. Um, they got the forty first. Uh, 41st toughest schedule in the country. Five offensive starters, five defensive starters back on this uh, football team coming into 2022. Um, road games at Nebraska, at a conference at TCU. Uh, of course, the, the Cotton Bowl with Texas October 8th. At Iowa State, we already circled that one. At West Virginia, at Texas Tech. Uh, get Baylor and Oklahoma State at home as well. So schedule's manageable. Um, I think they're the second best team. Might be the best team in the conference. Uh Kennedy Brooks is a outstanding um uh, no, not Kennedy Brooks. Who the hell am I thinking of? Eric Gray. Eric Gray, the Tennessee transfer. He he's there. Um he's electric. Dylan Gabriel, I think, will probably be their starter at quarterback. Uh former Central Florida, Sigma Color, the lefty. I don't know what Venables is going to bring to the table as a head coach uh, delegating the offense. Uh, they did bring in um, the Ole Miss offense coordinator from last year, Jeff Lebby. They stole him from Lane Kiffin's staff, so they run some up-tempo stuff. It's fun offense. Um, but, yeah, Oklahoma, they're going to be good this year. Nine and a half is their over-under win total, plus 200. They're the favorite to win the Big 12. Your thoughts on the Sooners? Yeah, I'm a little lower on the Sooners just because the regime change, Venables as a defensive-minded head coach. Um, you know, transfer quarterback Dylan Gabriel, up and down career at UCF, um, had some injuries there. Uh, kind of curious to see how that works out. Uh, they got good receivers, Drake Stoops, Marvin Mims. I think they'll, if they can get the ball to them, I think they'll be able to make plays. 
Um, and defensively, I think they're going to be a completely different team defensively. I mean, what was the last? When's the last great Oklahoma defense? Was that with Teddy Lehman back in the two thousands? Um, I, 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 <laughs> it might be. Yeah. What a uh, name pool, though. I love Teddy Lehman. Yeah, it's. I, I so I, I think I, Oklahoma is going to be better defensively. Offensively, I think they're going to take a step, a huge step back here. Um, you know, I, I, I have them. You know, in this two, three, four. You know, it could be any one of the three there uh, between them, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Um, so, like I said, we talked about it early already. The Thursday night game at Iowa State. Um, they go to Nebraska this year. I think Nebraska's going to be much better this year. Um, so, you know, that could be an early season loss, and that could kind of derail some of their their hopes um, on the national scale. Um, and then I think, you know, they're going to lose a couple rivalry games this year too. Oklahoma State probably gets the better of them. And then, like I said, Baylor beating them um, for the Big 12 there. Um, I think they could end up in the Big 12 title game. It's unlikely based on the teams that I have in my projections. Um, but I think they're going to be respectable but not great. Yeah, I got them getting to the Big 12 championship game, obviously. But, I mean, I don't know. I I, I do. I agree with you. I think, you know, they could get to double-digit wins. Maybe they're 10-2. and two, Maybe they're 9-3. and three. I, I just don't think it's – I I think – the reason why their fan base lashed out and was mad online about Luke losing, excuse me, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, um, it was valid because those those two, I think, are going to be pretty awesome together. And uh, Oklahoma is a very proud program, and and they they're they're like a scorn ex lover because two guys teamed up to go to USC, uh, and. Uh, I don't know, but I, I think Venables, he's going to bring um, a, a different energy there. They're, I think Oklahoma's going to be behind him, that fan base, fired up to prove Lincoln Riley went wrong. I just I, – there's something on paper I'm not seeing to, to make them – or to agree with Vegas to say they're the favorite, even though I have them playing for the Big 12. And obviously if they get there, I think they got a chance to win the damn thing. But um, that's just where I'm at with the Sooners. I mean, he's just kind of – uh yeah, taking a wait and see approach. Um, finally, dude, I <laughs> I'm, I feel so stupid, but I have the Texas Longhorns uh, back. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, second year, seven offensive starters back on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. Schedule is tough, obviously, fifteenth toughest in the country. Um, for a matter of fact, week two, Alabama, um comes to town that, you know that's a loss but uh if you look at their over under one total eight uh right at eight is uh the even um or it's an even number right now is their one total at eight they're plus 250 to win the conference um i'm taking the over that's my other best bet i think they lose to alabama no doubt about that um at texas tech at oklahoma state at kansas state at kansas Road schedule in the conference, that's not terrible. Probably lose at Oklahoma State, but, I mean, man, they were blowing the doors off Oklahoma last year, and they just kind of choked it away a little bit. But, you know, you look at their weaponry, Xavier Worthy, sophomore, he was a first-team all-conference performer as a true freshman. He's electric. B. John Robinson, I think, other than Deuce Vaughn, but I'd give the nod to the Bijan. I think he's the best player in the conference by far and the best running back. Um, I think 
them stepping up their NIL game and, and getting their offensive linemen in there. They might play some freshmen uh, in that lineup, but I think they're going to be better. And then the kicker, not Dicker the kicker. I, I meant that as like an adjective. Oh. Quinn Ewers, like I think he's going to get the nod, and if he plays to his potential as a recruit, um, they're going to be fantastic. And he's, you know, on on potential. If he gets there or close to it, is he not the best quarterback? I mean, I know you're a Spencer Sanders guy, but like, is he not the best quarterback or the second best quarterback in the conference if he reaches his, uh, you know, potential? That that's kind of where I'm at. I think he does uh, defensively. Damn step up Texas. And I think they will a little bit this year. I uh, got some, some veterans coming back um, at the front seven. They got some returners back the secondary. Well, they're, they were young last year, but got some guys that played. I just like them this year. I think Sark's a damn good football coach. I think getting Quinn back uh, to come back home is huge. Um, I mean, we're not going to mention Arch Manning, I guess, but like, I feel like just that provides a little momentum. Does that translate on the field this year? No, but I don't know. I just like the vibe around Texas now, uh, and I think Sark turns it around and, and they win the conference. Um, you close out the Big Twelve here um, with your with your Texas Longhorn thoughts. Yeah, I I, I love the over eight wins here. Um, you know, I think there's. Oh, okay. I I didn't know where you'd be with this. Yeah, I mean, two losses at least, Alabama and Baylor to me. Um, okay, yeah. And then the Oklahoma State, that that one's a toss-up for me. I like Oklahoma State. I do like Texas a lot. Defensively, I think they got a great defensive team. And then offensively, uh, Robinson, Xavier Worthy, and Jordan Weddington. That, that's, that's, that's a good company right there for some skilled guys. And you said it, yours. It, it, it's it's an unknown. We saw him, what, in a few plays? Even I don't even think he played last year at Ohio State. Maybe oh, I think I, I remember two handoffs against Michigan State, and that was it. Right. So it, it, it's a huge unknown. Um, if he plays, you know, like a five-star recruit, great. He's top or second-best quarterback in the conference. If he comes in and he's just an absolute stinker at quarterback, you know, they got Hudson Card. Um, he was another top yeah, recruit. he played last year. I think, you know, they might look to him. You might you might see that early in that ULM game, see that maybe if they don't have a, a true number one, them kind of going back and forth there. Um, I, and I, I think it all comes down to the Oklahoma State game. I think they beat Oklahoma this year, finally get the Red River shootout back, um, finally get the Golden Hat back. If it, it comes down to the Oklahoma State game. If they beat Oklahoma State, they're in the Big 12 title game. If not, they're finishing third in the conference. Um, so I, I, I want to see Texas – be better. I, I think college football is better when Texas is good. Um, a thousand percent agree. Yep. And it, it just adds to the whole pageantry of the game. Um, and then it just, it just, it just makes for a whole better product for everyone. Um, and it, it makes the big 12 relevant. I mean, for another couple of years until they leave. Um, but if, you know, if you're the big 12, you're trying to draw people to you. You, you can't have your Baylor. You can't have Oklahoma state winner. You got to have your Oklahoma and Texas got to be your top dogs. Um, so if Texas can get there, I think that's big for the big 12 for their future. If not, um, you know, it, it's Baylor's to lose. Yeah. So I think you and I are pretty like simpatico where the top four in a various order, uh, different orders or whatever, but Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Baylor and Texas are their playoff chances. I would put it 
a probably like 35 to 40 percent that the big 12 gets a team in uh and i agree with you like if if again i kind of mentioned it with the pac 12 a little bit too but if it is oklahoma or texas who are in those catbird seats uh that goes a long way uh to bolster the conference and, and get a big 12 team back in the playoff that's where i'm at uh so final big quote big 12 question to you playoff percentage uh what would you give it one one to a hundred or zero to a hundred yeah i'm i i'm i'm 10 15 percent on them oh i you think it, I, you think they're just going to beat each other up then yeah i i think they're going to end up there's teams that are going to end up with everything's end up with one loss at least where it comes from yeah. is yet to be seen but i just think you know, with them beating each other up, there's not there's, someone has to come out on top, but it's not going to be a clear cut bet fourth best team in the country. All right, two things, and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to give a little G five shine at the end of all these uh, podcasts uh, of college football preview podcasts here. Um, so we'll go to the Mountain West first. Um, Group of five conference, very I like the Mountain West. It's it's fun football. They got some good teams out there. We're throwing darts. We're not throwing darts. I mean, if you have an educated opinion or, or a prediction here, let it fly, Bobby. But real quick, uh, New Mexico is plus 20,000. UNLV is plus 10,000. Hawaii plus 5,000. Nevada plus 4,000. San Jose State plus 2,500. Colorado State plus 2,200. Wyoming plus 1,800. Utah State plus 1,000. San Diego State plus 600. Air Force plus 450, Fresno State plus 250, and Boise State the favorite at plus 200. We're just picking up conference winner here just to say we kind of talked about or previewed or didn't completely ignore all these group of five conferences. Um, well, I could give you my pick if you want, but I, I give you the choice. Who's winning the Mountain West or do you want to hear who I have? I'll start this one off. I got Fresno okay. State. I, I like them. Uh, second best odds there. Uh, Jake Hayner, um, quarterback yep. there. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, it, it, I think they do have a championship game there um, in the Mountain yeah. West, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, so him over there with Jeff Tedford, it's, it's going to be a, a good explosive offense. You know, the guy who, you know, coached at, with Aaron Rodgers kind of bolstered him into the top of the draft there until he fell to 24. Um, so I, I like Fresno State a lot, and I'm just bummed Ohio didn't get this sports betting legal bill done in time, so I could do some late night Hawaii after after dark. I mean, we we could still bravado it, like be renegades because we're we're gonna do that anyway. But absolutely, uh, this wasn't planned. Yeah, you mentioned Jake Hayner, Jeff Tedford, those guys coming back. I mean, Hayner flirted with going to. Washington, I believe it was, in the transfer portal season. So he's coming back with something to play for. Uh, they were ranked at various weeks last year in the in the season. Almost beat Oregon on the road early in the year. Uh, they're going to put up a ton of points. Uh, they're going to be fun. And I think their side's a little easier. I mean, San Diego State is no pushover. but And the other side, Boise has to deal with Air Force. They got to deal with Utah State, who won the league last year. Uh, Wyoming, Colorado State are never pushovers. So I think um, whatever that – I think what that's the, the west side is uh, mm-hmm. the California schools. Uh, the mountain division, I should say, is tougher than the west. So I think if Fresno stays clean and uh, I don't know. They might be I, – I, I guess they would be on my short list of uh, G5 teams maybe to, to grab that New Year's six spot. Um, you know, probably 
you know, third, fourth, uh, somewhere in there. If I, if I had to think about it real quick. Um, all right. AAC we're, we're doing AAC next, uh, temple plus 20,000 Navy, uh, shout out to them for what they do, but they're plus 10,000 South Florida plus 6,000 uh, Tulsa plus 4,000 Tulane plus 2,800 ECU, the pirates plus 2,000 SMU plus 1200 Memphis plus 900 central Florida UCF plus 280 Houston also plus 280. And the Cincinnati Bearcats, your favorite, again, at plus 200 for the AAC. Again, I will let you have the honors uh, if you want, or uh, you could close this out. Yeah, I'm, I'll just go ahead and knock this one out real quick. I like Houston. Uh, Coach Dana, I think he's got a great program down there. You know, he's proven he can win wherever he goes. Um, his offense is awesome, electric to watch. Um, and they got a good schedule this year, 102 ranked in the nation. Um, you know, they'll get a couple of Big 12 wins for their future when they go to the Big 12. Um, and I, I think that the value is there and they have an outside chance for a good bowl game. I, I, I flirted with Houston. I think Houston is the second best team in this conference. But I, I'm going to go with Luke Fickle and the Bearcats again. I mean, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I, I think – you know, just the program, the foundation he's built. I know they've lost a ton. Uh, they do have eight starters back offensively, but they lose a lot of talent on the defense. But uh, I think he coaches up the defense. Uh, Secondary is obviously depleted. Sauce Gardner leaves. That's a huge hole. Uh, Kobe Bryant as well, the other corner. They were outstanding. But I, I think they, they will be good. They got the 86th toughest schedule in the country. Uh, the opener at Arkansas. Um, I, I think that could be a good game. Um, maybe they get the doors blown off, but uh, they're going to get fat and happy uh, before bye week, October 22nd at SMU is kind of their, their first real test. So they're probably what six and Oh, maybe five and one uh, going into the second half of the season. Um, they avoid Houston in the regular season. Uh, they do go to SMU and central Florida. Those are, you know, two potential landmines. Uh, but I, I think they're clearly better than those two. But, yeah, I, I have Cincinnati over uh, Houston. But uh, AAC, again, um, should be pretty damn fun. Uh, some good caliber teams in that one. But, anyway, so there's your um, there's your Pac-12 and, and Big 12 previews, uh, man. So 90 minutes, uh, maybe a little less we knock it out, uh, Mr. Russell. Um, I don't know. We, we got the ACC. We got the SEC and the Big Ten. And uh, we got to talk about your Irish at some point. So we'll be back with the second part and the third part, uh, maybe early next week, maybe in a couple weeks. Uh, but anyway, man, um, I guess I'll, I'll throw it to you uh, for and say thanks for coming on. It's good to talk some ball with you. Uh, got me that much more excited for the season. And I'll give you the floor for any famous last words before we uh, bid adieu to the fine folks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's great to be back. NFL training camps starting to open. You know, college football camps are going to open here soon. Uh, the month of August is quickly approaching, and week zero is almost here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, just getting, you know, cracking open that feel steel last week when I got it in the mail. I just uh, got the juices flowing, and uh, it was good to talk some football with somebody. And, uh, yeah, we're excited here. So, uh, like I said, stay, stay tuned. 
check your feeds, uh, whatever podcasting platform you use. Uh, we're available on all of them. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Podcock Pcast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get you ready for the college football season and the NFL season eventually, and then uh, we'll do uh, the the damn thing weekly, pretty much as soon as the football season gets rolling here on the Podcock Pcast. This is where we flourish. We're we're a football show. We're football guys. So uh, anyway, uh, for Bobby Russell, we're trying to get Bryce. Uh, he's got dad duty, but we're going to get him. I'm confident we'll get him at some point uh, and, and throughout the season. We're going to get Bryce back, get this three-man thing going again. But uh, for uh, Bobby Russell and myself, the only Tyler Peacock, um, thanks for listening. Rate, review, rate, review, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. And uh, we'll see your asses later. Bye-bye. <laughs>